Hi, I'm Dr. Mike. Is it finally time for conventional doctors to rethink cholesterol and heart disease risk? My guest today will share his take on it. This is Live Forever-ish with Michael A. Smith, MD. Here's Dr. Mike. My guest today is Dr. Michael Osner. He's the Medical Director of Wellness and Prevention at Baptist Health South Florida and a well-known regional and national speaker in the field of preventative cardiology. Dr. Osner, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. So, you know, Dr. Osner, for, for a very long time now, and, and, and most people are familiar with this, right? We've, we've been taught that the, there's a saturated fat connection to increased cholesterol, the bad stuff, that then leads to that increase in heart disease risk. That, that association has been out there for a long time. Uh, treating that association, specifically the cholesterol, has been very profitable for certain companies. What's your take on all that? What What do you think about that fat, cholesterol, heart disease risk association? Well, that's a very good question, and in I think it's very important uh, that we understand the root cause of heart attacks. And let's not forget that cardiovascular disease, which encompasses heart attack and strokes, is the leading cause of death, not only across the United States, but worldwide. So in order to be able to treat any disease, we first have to know what indeed is the root cause, what causes heart attacks to begin with. And as it turns out, um, it's not cholesterol per se, but rather these particles which we call atherogenic lipoproteins uh, that carry cholesterol and triglycerides. So these particles, which you could think of them as little tiny ping pong balls flowing around our body uh, that uh, carry uh, cholesterol and triglycerides to areas where they're needed. Cholesterol right. actually serves a worthwhile purpose. It's required for cell membranes, for steroid hormone development, for for bile and, and other things, and triglycerides are useful as an energy source. So we need them, and they can't travel by themselves. They need to be carried. So the simplest way that I can describe this is that if you think of these lipoproteins that carry cholesterol and triglycerides as cars or automobiles, and the cholesterol molecules and triglyceride molecules as passengers in those cars, then it's easy to understand what causes a traffic jam on a highway. Is it too many passengers riding in cars, or is it too many cars? Right. Nice analogy. Well, naturally, it's too yeah. many cars. Yeah. So when we have too many of these lipoproteins, they take the exit ramp, and in the blood vessels, that exit ramp is right into the arterial wall, where we they get into the arterial wall, they get trapped, they get modified, they get oxidized, and boom, we're off to the races, and it kicks off a disease that we call atherosclerosis, and atherosclerotic plaques, which I liken to a pimple in the artery wall, which is a, a collection of these lipoproteins and the cholesterol and the triglyceride cargo and all of these things cause these plaques, which if they then rupture, they lead to heart attacks, strokes, right. vascular okay. disease. And I think, therefore, therefore, what we the strides that we have made over the, the past 20 years, and especially the last decade, has 
been not only to identify the root cause, namely atherogenic lipoproteins, but we now know how best to treat it so as to take this risk off the table. The number one cause of death in the United States and across the world is a largely preventable disease. Uh, That's a good point, because I want to get into that, because I know that's really where you're you spend a lot of your time and your expertise with preventative cardiology. I want to talk about the trucks, though, for a second, because I like that analogy. Uh, so let's let's talk about, so here you have all these trucks and cars on the, the highway of your arteries, right? Some of those trucks and cars are bad. That's that LDL cholesterol. Some of them are good, the HDL. Let's talk about just the bad ones for a second, Dr. Osner. Are all the bad trucks all the same, or are there different types of bad that may diminish risk or increase risk a little bit? Well, that's a good question. And so we look at uh, these uh, bad trucks, as you call them, or what we call ApoB lipoproteins. That's how we define the ones that are potentially harmful versus the ApoA1 lipoproteins, which are potentially can be helpful. Uh, But the ones that are potentially harmful, we know that when they become what we call small, dense lipoproteins. They are actually more dangerous. They're more atherogenic than the large, more buoyant lipoproteins. But having said that, I will tell you uh, that we don't. Uh, what we understand is it doesn't matter if your if your harmful ApoB lipoproteins are large or small. It's how many of them you have, too many of them, and you will put yourself at very high risk of developing an atherosclerotic event, whether it be a heart attack, a stroke, or a peripheral vascular event. And we can measure the number of these abnormal uh, atherogenic lipoproteins with a very simple blood test. It's called an ApoB level which stands for ApoB lipoprotein level. It's a blood test that measures that. And if we know the ApoB level and we know that it's too high, again, we could treat it. Now, let me say that LDL cholesterol, which has been used forever, uh, and everybody has this term, it's the bad cholesterol. Well, as it turns out, LDL cholesterol does correlate with the risk of heart attack but it doesn't correlate as well as ApoB. In other words, it's a surrogate. It is not the root cause of atherosclerosis. It's a surrogate of ApoB. And when they correlate with one another, it's certainly appropriate to use LDL cholesterol as a risk of whether or not somebody's going to have a heart attack. Mm. However, in this country especially, what we now understand is often they don't correlate. We use the word discordance, which means that you can have a perfectly normal LDL cholesterol level and uh, and a very high ApoB level. And we see that especially in, in people that are overweight or obese, yeah. they have diabetes or insulin resistance, um, uh, people with high triglycerides, so they may be walking around thinking that they're yeah, healthy. That's scary. Yeah, that's and that's scary. Have a right? sudden heart attack. A classic example yeah. of that was the noted uh, political reporter Tim Russert, who died suddenly, and his LDL cholesterol was it was perfectly normal. It was actually low, but he had too many atherogenic lipoproteins. So, so I so, think it's imperative 
on us as physicians and healthcare providers to go ahead and make sure that somebody is not walking around with too many of these atherogenic lipoproteins by simply measuring an ApoB level. It's yeah. inexpensive, and it, it really, in my opinion, uh, you don't have to do it often, but you should then determine is the ApoB level normal. That's the way we adjudicate whether or not that LDL cholesterol is adequate. Yeah, and, and I want to encourage my listeners, Dr. Osner, to go ahead and, if you're not a healthcare practitioner, to talk to your doctor. Ask them for this this test, and if they can't do it, there's other places, like Life Extension uh, offers the ApoB uh, 100 test. So uh, I, want to, I want to shift gears a little bit now um, and talk about the preventative aspect of all of this. You had mentioned uh, a couple of minutes ago that, that our number one killer in this country is preventable, right? And that's, so that's good news, right? It's also kind of bad news because we're not focused on that enough. Tell us a little bit about, like, what role does a, a real nice, healthy, active, you know, eating fresh food lifestyle play in heart disease prevention? It's huge. It's, it's, it's huge. And I will start by telling you that a recent uh, trial published in Lancet a, a few months ago uh, looked at the um, uh, hunter-gatherer tribe at the Brazilian Amazon. They're called the Tsumani tribe. And these were true hunter-gatherers. They basically were constantly active. They ate from the earth. They ate from the sea. They, you know, they, 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 uh, and they studied them, and they found that they for all practical purposes, did not develop this disease of atherosclerosis. They did not develop heart attacks. They did not have what we have as the number one cause of death. And we know that the secret is their lifestyle. And what is their lifestyle? They're eating non-processed food. Uh, they're, they're eating roots and berries and grains and, and, and vegetables and fruits. And they, they fish. And the, the, the fish they bring to the table has omega-3 fat in it, which is a healthy form of fat. Right. And they certainly, uh, you're hard-pressed to see any of these uh, people being overweight or obese. Uh, you know, the stresses that we have in, in America, because stress is another risk factor, is non-existent. These people don't smoke. Uh, there's no pollution. Uh, so I can go on and on. <laughs> you're but, you're you know, describing the exact opposite of... This is the of... <laughs> winning formula for staying healthy. Yeah, you're, you're describing... lifestyle. You're describing the exact opposite of what we deal with here, right? The pollution, the stress, the processed food. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like night and day, right? And that's... You, you mentioned fish, right? And the omega and the omega fats. What, tell us a little bit about the omega-3 fats and how important they are to cardiac health. Well, that's, that's very important. And I, and I know you started out by asking me about fat, too much fat in the diet. And it's a shame that we have really looked at fat as the enemy because <clears throat> there are good fats and there are bad fats. Trans fats, for, for, for an example, is bad fat. Well, we know that omega-3 fat is an essential fatty acid, and it's essential because it promotes cardiometabolic health. We know it lowers triglycerides. We know it lowers inflammation. It lowers blood pressure. And many studies have shown that it lowers uh, certain types of cardiac arrhythmias that could lead to sudden cardiac death. We know that omega-3 helps to improve insulin sensitivity. And what's really exciting is some of the newer trials uh, with a specific type of marine 
omega-3 called EPA, it's been shown to not only lower cholesterol and ApoB levels that we just talked about, but lower the cholesterol crystals that occur within a plaque. And these crystals uh, are like sharp needle-like structures that can pierce the plaque and cause it to rupture and cause a sudden heart attack. the, uh, we also know that the, uh, that, that uh, omega-3 in combination with statins in people who have plaques have been no- shown to stabilize plaques and it actually lead to regression of atherosclerotic plaques as in the recent CHERRY study. And we have two major clinical trials called Reduce It and Strength that are looking at people who have had uh, cardiovascular events and they have their LDL cholesterol controlled, but they're walking around with elevated triglyceride levels. Mm-hmm. And we know omega-3 lowers triglyceride levels, and we have, we have evidence from clinical studies that by then not only lowering LDL cholesterol, but by using omega-3 fat to lower the triglycerides is going to be beneficial in taking what we call residual risk off the table. And the residual risk means that if you use a statin, for instance, you might lower the risk of a future heart attack by 35%. Well, that's great, but what about the 65% that go on to a future heart attack? Right. Well, by, by doing all of these things that I'm talking about, we take that additional risk off the table which is, I think, very that's amazing. important. Yeah, that's amazing. How, how, so what, how many, what dose of omega-3 should we be getting every day? Well, that's, that's a very good point, and, and that really depends on what your blood level of omega-3 is. And I think that's very important because we're all different. We all consume a different amount um, of uh, omega-3 rich food. Now, there's plant-based sources of omega-3, which we call alpha-linolenic acid, um, and very little of that is converted to EPA and DHA, which is the marine sources of omega-3, which actually we know is even more important to help keep us healthy from a cardiovascular standpoint. So we have the ability to measure an omega-3 level, and it's been shown from the Harvard group in the Physician's Health Study, as well as other studies, that if you have a normal omega-3 index, um, you are 90% less likely to have sudden cardiac death and somebody's walking around with a low index. So I would encourage people to get their omega-3 levels tested. But in general, we like to say that people should consume um, uh, 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 certainly two omega-3 rich fish meals per week. What's that? It's fish like salmon and sardines and mackerel and uh, those fish that are rich in omega-3 fat. If you you know, that, that has been shown to be worthwhile in healthy right. people. Now, if you're walking around and you've had a cardiovascular event, then we feel that you should con- be consuming at least a gram of omega-3 per day. And if you're a person with, with elevated triglycerides, and especially triglycerides that are over um, a certain level, which we term a very high triglycerides, very, uh, over 500 milligrams per deciliter, those individuals should be taking at least two to four grams of omega-3 per day. So again, that, so it has to be individualized. Gotcha, but those yeah. people that, you know, obviously don't like fish or can't get enough fish to, 
to get their to get them to where they want to go. We have very good supplements and now prescription products that can uh, of omega three that can accomplish these goals. Yeah, you left out anchovies in your list of fish. That's one of my favorites. I put them <laughs> on salads and everything. So I know most people don't like that, but I would add that to to your list there, Doctor Osner. Let's absolutely let's, let's end this way. In summary, what do you what would you like people to know about the 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 real root cause of heart disease? Well, what I'd like to end this on is a really happy note and they and a positive note, and that is that what we uh, know about cardiovascular disease is that it's a preventable and reversible disease, and we've made great strides, and it all begins with lifestyle intervention. What I've talked about, getting on the right diet exercising on a regular basis, stress management, smoking cessation, proper dental hygiene, quality sleep and avoiding sleep apnea, uh, maintaining a normal blood pressure and avoiding elevated blood sugar, all that can be accomplished. Uh, And I think that what we also have today for those people that are do all those things but still are walking around with metabolic derangements, too high a ApoB level, too high a blood pressure, we have the ability today to lower uh, the atherogenic lipoproteins, lower LDL, lower inflammation, lower blood pressure, and the net effect is we know how to keep people out of the hospital. We know how to keep people healthy. And really, the really good news for all of this is everything that I'm describing, which impacts cardiovascular disease, also lowers the risk of other chronic degenerative diseases, including cancer. And I think that it really, we got to get off this toxic American diet and lifestyle and shift back to what our ancestors were on, which is more of a hunter-gatherer diet. I've been a proponent of the Mediterranean diet, which is basically non-processed food. But I think following a Mediterranean diet and lifestyle getting the right amount of exercise, and doing all of those things that I discussed uh, really will allow people to live a long, happy, and heart-healthy life. Yeah, that is good news. It's always nice to know that we can prevent things with just some changes in, in how we eat and live, and the results can be dramatic. Dr. Osner, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're listening to Live Foreverish. For more podcasts, please visit liveforeverish.com. That's liveforeverish.com. I'm Dr. Mike. Thanks for listening.